Hey there, Mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode 41. I am Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. As promised, I'm excited to announce the winner of the $25 Amazon gift card, Allison Rothwell. Yay! Thanks to everyone who left reviews and shared the show on social media. I appreciate you so much. If you love a giveaway, I do them in my free Facebook group for participating in our bi-weekly decluttering challenges. Just go to tinyurl.com forward slash moms overcoming overwhelm to join us. Okay, mama, real talk. Have you ever realized that it's 5 p.m. and you have no idea what you're making for dinner? It's happened to me more than I care to admit. In today's episode, I am talking to Lauren White from the Intentional Edit Podcast, all about how we can simplify and de-stress the meal planning process, even with kids like mine who only like to eat hot dogs or occasionally chicken nuggets. So what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen and let's dive into today's conversation with Lauren White. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Hey, Lauren. Thank you so much for coming on the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast. I'm so happy that you're here to chat with us today. And yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to it and so excited that we connected. Yeah, me too. So we connected through the podcast world and um, you have had your podcast, The Intentional Edit, for a while now. I still consider myself a newbie to the podcast world, so I was really happy to connect with you. And I was hoping that you could introduce yourself, tell us about you, your family, who you serve, and then in any free time you may find... (laughs) What do you actually uh, like to do in that in that free time? Sure. Well, so my name is Lauren and my business side of things is Intentional Edit. I started it as a professional home organizing company in Arizona and it kind of morphed into online coaching. I have courses and just overall helping people simplify and make life easier through decluttering and organizing and all of that. And I launched the podcast, which has become one of my favorite parts of the business. And um, now I live in Colorado, so I love to do things all door- outdoors. It's a great place where pretty much all year you can do different activities from skiing, snowboarding, hiking, boating, just being out and about and everything, everywhere we go is absolutely beautiful. So that's about two, a little over two years we moved here. And we're just really kind of, you know, getting to figure everything out and learning our our new home. Yeah, that's awesome. I am on the East Coast, but I 
grew up skiing and I still ski. And I remember as a kid going to Aspen and it was like, this is a different world. (laughs) East coast skiing and East coast outdoors stuff, very different than out West. And yeah, that's such a beautiful part of the country. So I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're enjoying it and getting to know it a little bit better. And I know that, um, you know, a little bit about my audience because our audiences are very similar. These overwhelmed moms that are trying to figure out how to develop these systems and routines that are really going to support them in their homes. And I was wondering if you could kind of bring us back to a time when you realized that whatever routine that you had in place it really wasn't working for you anymore. Maybe it was sort of frustrating you and you realized, okay, something needs to change because, you know, the things in my home are kind of in charge of me (laughs) instead of the other way around. So can you bring us back to a time and sort of what you did to overcome that? For sure. So I actually have, even as a child, I was always like a naturally very organized person. I like things orderly and I am a natural problem solver. So if something isn't working, I want to figure out what is the deal and how can we make this better? So coming up with systems and routines for absolutely everything, whether it be for myself and I didn't even realize that I was doing it or for now for clients and for people that I coach and the the systems and routines are really what dials in our house and makes everything efficient and makes it so that we can do things effortless. So many years ago, I was very frustrated with what we were going to have for dinner and what could I get on the table. And I felt like dinner should be this, this grand thing. Like I should be able to present the, you know, these beautiful dinners that taste good. And as schedules got busier, it became more and more difficult to do that. So it was, it was a struggle, but also like a false expectation on my part, because simple dinners, as long as they're nutritious and healthy. And the point of us eating is to get nutrition. It didn't have to be this beautiful meal served, you know, with perfect placemats and plates and all pretty and all of that. So I had come up with this idea in my mind that dinner should be something more than really that it was. So when I dialed that back and started coming up with this meal plan system, what I created was something that could be reusable. And I had the cute little chalkboard with the days of the week on it. And I was looking through recipe books and on Pinterest and all my recipes that I I pinned and trying to use these different recipes every single week. So sometimes, as you know, when you try a new recipe, they're, they're difficult. Like it seems like it's going to be easy, but then it's really difficult or it doesn't turn out. It's incredibly dry. It doesn't taste good. And so a lot of times there was failure involved and I was fed up. So I thought I'm just going to make a meal plan with recipes that I actually know that my family will like and really when you get down to it, it's not even a recipe. It's, you know, baking a chicken breast and having some steamed vegetables on the side, simple things like that. We don't have to overcomplicate. We don't have to follow a recipe with 15 ingredients in it. We should be doing what our fam, what we know our families will eat. And I came up and I I don't love going to the grocery store. So I came up with a two week meal plan for the actual number of dinners that we could realistically have sit down as a family and made this reusable grocery list for two weeks with a corresponding 
uh, or sorry, reusable meal plan with a corresponding grocery list. So I had these two things. When the two weeks were over, I got those papers back out and I was able to use them again. And it didn't even take me two minutes to meal plan for the entire week. So that was kind of the basic process. And then I went from there a couple of weeks later, I created another one with two weeks worth of different different dinners and so on. So now I probably have at least 20 of those and I can just pull any one at any given time to use those because they are reusable. And then I don't have to think about what's for dinner, make a grocery list and spend time doing those things. Yeah. I love that. I listened to the lazy genius podcast with Kendra Adachi. I don't know if you've heard of that, but anyway, she has this concept of brainless crowd pleasers. And I just love that concept. Because it's like, what is the simple thing that my family is going to eat? And doing that longer term, I love that it's doable because I feel like I've heard of monthly meal plans and that seems a little bit much, but two weeks seems like a good sweet spot because you're able to still have some variety, but then you're saving your brain power, right? For what's more important than feeling like, oh, you know, the groundhog day of every day, what are we having for dinner? Uh, which just causes so much, I think, stress and overwhelm, especially for moms, because that always seems to be like the witching hour for kids when everyone is demanding things, when we're already tired, we've already kind of made so many decisions during the day, and then it's like one more decision to make. So I really love that and have tried to do that um, in my own life, but haven't done it so formally as to having like the two week set um, meal plan. So I really love that. So that might be the answer to my next question. I don't know, but when someone is in that overwhelmed state, would you recommend that they start with kind of finding those simple meals? Like not even like you said, recipes, but the simple meals and how many would you recommend then kind of doing 10 to 14 or how many would you recommend that they start with uh, preparing like on a piece of paper or in their notes app or whatever? So I'm really big on creating the systems and routines that are specific for your family in the current season of life that you are in. And if you see something that someone else is doing, it doesn't mean that it will necessarily work for you. You have to customize it if you want it to truly work and serve the needs of your family. And that's the same thing with coming up with this meal plan system. So I actually have a very, like a small course where we go through this entirely and I walk you through from start to finish. So when you're done, you'll have the meal plan, but there's not a set number that I recommend. We spend a good chunk of time analyzing your schedule in the course because you have to set yourself up to be successful with what's realistic for your family. And with younger kids, families are usually at home a lot more. And although they do have the witching hour and all of that, that you mentioned, it's easier to make these dinners when you're at home and when kids are older and in activities and you are not home a lot because of carpool and practices and all of these things, you have to think about dinner a little bit different. So we we analyze the schedule and I will say I don't think it's ever 14. If there's 14 nights, it's never 14. That's not realistic. Even if it is, if you are set that you have to make dinner 14 nights a week, then you, what we would do is we would want you to make something bigger on one or two of those nights so that you could have leftovers or plan ahead or prepare ahead of time for those super busy nights where you actually cannot be in the kitchen. And then what was the other part of your question? 
Yeah, that's a great question. What's the other part of my question? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it was just where, where someone starts. And I think that you answered that because a lot of times I feel like the concept of meal planning like, okay, I have to actually sit down on a Sunday night and figure out, you know, what I'm going to do and so forth. And I think, like you said, it's more starting with your schedule and looking at the upcoming, you know, week or two weeks and saying, okay, when are, you know, the soccer practices, do we want to do like in my family, usually like one night a week will be a takeout night. And that's been sort of factored in to the schedule and our budget and everything. So it seems like um, that is a really good approach because otherwise it ends up being unrealistic for your lifestyle and then frustrating. And then you don't want to be like wasting food (laughs) or anything like that, which is my big frustration where I go, you know, I'm totally going to eat a spinach salad this week. It's going to happen. doesn't happen, but maybe that's just me. Well, and that's another thing. When you do have a concrete meal plan that's actually working for you, then you realize you start saving a significant amount of money because you're not wasting food and you are you have basically eliminated that food waste because you have this plan in place and you make the meal plan based on things that you know that your family will eat. You're not trying a new recipe and, you know, here we have three new recipes this week and then no one eats it and it goes to waste. You are using the recipes that you already know that your family eats. And then as you move into the future, if you try new things over the course of time or your family realizes that they they are more adventurous with food and they have a liking to other things, then you can create another meal plan with the same steps And then you'll have two of those. So you can pretty much get through an entire month if you create two of the reusable two-week meal plans without ever repeating a dinner. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. And I always joke that with my husband, it's been this kind of conversation over my six plus years of motherhood where I go, you know how you're okay with this kind of food? Can you just like continue to lower your expectations? (laughs) Like just... Just keep lowering them. And he is always so gracious and sweet, you know, if something doesn't work out uh, recipe wise. But I think we do put these expectations on ourselves, like you were talking about at the beginning, where it's like, who who told us that we have to have this like perfect meal? Because honestly, my family is fine with like oatmeal or scrambled eggs or just, you know, a protein and a vegetable or something like that. And we think that it's supposed to look this certain way or that, well, I'm sitting here and Lauren, you know, you must have gorgeous meals every single night and I'm just not measuring up. I just feel like it's this other thing that we add onto ourselves of having to measure up to something that in actuality people aren't even doing because they're tired (laughs) just like us. And they just kind of want to, like you said, have the nutrition for their families and then just kind of kind of go on uh, with their lives. So I wanted to move on to something I struggle with. So maybe you can coach me a little bit, which is my lovely boys who I love so much. They uh, pretty much eat Costco dino nuggets (laughs) three or four times a week for dinner. And then we have the occasional, you know, meatballs or whatever pasta, or it's, it's frustrating because my husband's gluten-free So I'm making something completely different for my husband and I versus my kids every single 
day. And uh, it's not something I'm like proud of necessarily, but I know I'm not alone. So could you speak to being able to simplify meal planning and dinners and everything when you're trying to get your kids to expand their palates, but it's frustrating because you don't want to be spending a lot of extra time or even wasting more food? Yes. So I have a couple things to say on that. But first, if you are really struggling with getting your kids to try new foods and really like the whole feeding aspect of things, go listen to the Veggies and Virtue podcast with Ashley Smith. She is a dietitian, like very good with nutrition. I mean, she is an amazing resource for that and has a, a program and everything. So definitely check her that. But in terms of basic things, like one person has a food allergy or you have an extremely picky eater, when you make a meal plan that you're going to reuse, you need to pick dinners that everyone will eat. And it doesn't mean that everyone will eat every single thing because I mean, with kids, especially things change and their tastes change over time. They love something and then all of a sudden they won't touch it. But like we have a recipe in my house. It's, and I call, I came up with it. It's called like the no noodle lasagna skillet. And it's basically lasagna without noodles, but my daughter loves pasta. So I make the no noodle lasagna skillet, follow the recipe. And I also cook noodles on the side. So penne pasta or whatever. So the adults have it with the like not having any noodles and then I serve it over noodles and it's like a pasta sauce for the kids or anyone who is here that wants to eat it that way. So I'm not creating a separate meal. I'm not a short order cook that that's not going to happen, but you can make minor modifications like that. When you have the the allergy, like the gluten thing, everyone can eat things that are gluten-free. You could have a gluten-free pasta as an option instead of having two of those. So just things like that, that make your life easier. So you're not doing five things, you're minimizing it and you're doing two or three things. Yes. That is very helpful. and gives me hope <laughs> <laughs> for the future. Cause actually like I've had been experimenting with just like, okay, for us, it's the main thing is my kids are not so keen on, you know, meat as a protein or really any protein. So it's kind of like slowly introducing something and then thinking, okay, well, they ate it. Can we try to have it be that the whole family's having it? So I realize it's a process, but that's, that's extremely helpful. And, um, I know as far as the decluttering coaching that I do and the coaching and, uh, that you do that you probably run into a lot of, what do I do with all these recipes or they have, people have cookbooks, from years and years ago that maybe they use or maybe they don't use. And it's just like aspirational clutter, like, oh yes, I am going to make this five course Italian meal someday. <laughs> so I'll just keep the cookbook. What do you recommend in, I guess, to the people that you help to keep recipes in one place or to take some of their favorites, the tried and true that maybe they have printed out or even in cookbooks and keep that all together so that that's streamlined and simplified. So the one thing is to have all of your recipes together in the same place. And it doesn't matter if you are a paper person or if you prefer digital, you can do either one of these things. And I actually probably a year ago did a podcast episode on this because I kept getting questions about the same thing that you're asking, but pare down the recipes that you have. Most of the time, 
over life, people are given cookbooks as gifts or different things. And you might have one recipe and a whole big book that you use, or even two or three. But if you have looked through the book and you know that you're only using that one recipe or those two of those recipes, why are you keeping an entire shelf or a stack of cookbooks? Make a copy of that or scan it in if you want to have all of these in a digital file somewhere and get rid of the, the books, all of these things. Pass them along to someone else that will use them. There are people that still love cookbooks and experimenting and they're in a different season of life. So let them use those and then you just keep the things that you want. If you have recipes from websites or in Pinterest folders, that's great. I actually print out the ones that I use and I have them in a three ring binder with page protectors. And other than that, I have two other cookbooks in my house because we have, we use about 10 to 15 recipes in those. And I, those are kind of like my go-to where I'll actually experiment or try something that I haven't tried before because I know that those are quality things that we like and that we have had success with. But I would never, and I shouldn't say never, but I am probably 99% sure that I will not purchase a cookbook because I can find what I want and the recipes that I want online or if I want that, that cookbook would have to have a lot in it for it to be valuable enough to take up the space in my home for me to want that there. So come up with a system, whether it be paper and you are printing everything out that you're using, put it in the page protectors, organize the binder for what makes sense for you by dinners, breakfast, snack food, food you would use for entertaining, or do the same thing with a digital format and have those saved in files on your computer. Yeah, that's really great. I have kind of a unique situation in that prior to kids, my husband was the cook and he loved trying new recipes. And so we have several cookbooks that he had purchased. And then, you know, six years ago when we had kids, I became the one that was primarily cooking. So I never use the cookbooks. <laughs> I'm like you, I find things online. I use an app called AnyList that lets you import from websites directly into the app, which is really helpful. I really love that because otherwise I feel like I don't, I get lost in Pinterest sometimes. So I'd rather just put it in there. But I have these cookbooks that he doesn't really want to get rid of, even though he hasn't been the one cooking for like six years. So I know that's a whole other conversation, but um, I guess in as much as you can, <laughs> if you don't have a, a spouse that's trying to hold on to cookbooks, then I, I totally agree with you because I barely ever use them. So right now they're just kind of like an aesthetic decoration in my house, which seems Kind of weird, but yes. that's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> yes, right. Well, and like anything, if you use it, of course, don't get rid of it. But if you have, if you have this big book that has one recipe that you use every third year, it doesn't make sense to to keep that cookbook. Yeah, definitely. And also the kind of that aspirational aspect of it. I always say, you know, it's it's good to accept where we are right now in this season of life. It's not like a permanent thing but understanding that someone that is in the season of life where they can do more of that experimenting and spend the time, then you're able to have them use it in the meantime. So it's not something to feel bad about that you're not able to make these like elaborate meals at this stage in motherhood. It's just sort of like, this is where I am right now. I'm accepting this reality. And then I'm going to find recipes that help me preserve 
my resources of energy and time and, you know, all of those things. So that is really helpful. Is there any other meal planning advice for overwhelmed mamas that we didn't, that we didn't hit on yet? I would say just starting with the the plan you have, like with anything, you have to have a plan and be intentional about what you want, be realistic in what your goals are and what you're trying to do and make sure that you're not just doing something because you saw someone else doing it. Make sure that it is very specific for your family, for your season of life, and that it will serve you and work for your family going forward. Yes, definitely. I am all about it. And that's why when I'm making like last night, made veggie burgers for my husband and I'm like, okay, you're having veggie burgers again. He's like, great. <laughs> I'm not going to feel bad about it. Cause that's kind of like where I am in my life. And, and that's okay. And it's also about, I think what is most important to you, you know? So when it comes to meals, it's probably nourishment. It's probably having that time with your family. It's not necessarily, again, that perfection or needing to try a bunch of new things. So I very much appreciate that realistic approach. And where can everyone connect with you? I'm so excited that we got to chat and I I love your podcast. I am just very grateful to be, I don't know, meeting other podcasters in a similar space. So tell everyone where they can find you. Absolutely. So you can find me at intentionaledit.com or on the Intentional Edit podcast. And I'm pretty much on all social platforms at Intentional Edit. I'm not super active on social, but if you have a question for me, reach out on Instagram. I respond to all my direct messages. So I will definitely help you with whatever you need. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Lauren. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And yeah, thanks again for coming. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact, but 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.